Are you guys ready up there? and welcome to the Women in Film and Television Ireland podcast. My name is Fiona Kinsella, I'm a WFT board member and I'm also a producer. With the Dublin International Film Festival just days away, we're excited to celebrate our members whose shorts have been selected as part of the festival. I spoke with DOP Alba Fernandez, writer-director Naomi Sheridan, director Martina McGlynn, actor-producer Natalie Britton and writer-director and all-round star Hannah Malice about their wonderful work. Welcome to uh, Naomi, Martina, Hannah, Alba and Natalie and thank you so much for joining us today and congratulations um, on on all of your short films which I watched and they're all brilliant. Congratulations. So I thought, first of all, I might get you all to kind of introduce yourselves, say a little bit about the film and just say what your role was on the film. So I'm going to start with Naomi. Hi, I'm Naomi Sheridan. Uh, I've been writing for a good while and recently I just started directing and I've directed uh, three short films. Kiki is the recent one I've done with Virgin Media Discovers and I'm writer director on the film. Thank you. Hannah? Uh, hi, I'm Hannah. Um, I kind of work across um, kind of theatre and, and writing and acting and comedy and try and morph them all together. Um, and uh, this, my short film Baby Steps is my first short as a director. Um, so trying to pivot into that a little bit more. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm uh, I directed it and I, I wrote it and I'm in it because <laughs> I'm a control freak. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> and, and not on being a control freak, but, but doing all of those things. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, and Martina. Hi, everybody. And my name is Martina McGlynn. Um, I directed the short film Wrecker. Uh, and I've been kind of dipping in and out of producing and directing for a long time but this is my first solo run as director if you know what I mean I co-directed a few things but mainly produced um so this focus short was um my first my directorial debut you could say um so yeah that's me congratulations and uh, um Alba um hey everyone i'm alba i'm a director of photography and cal is is the film i am diff i was the dop for it and it was my first focus short congratulations thank you and natalie hi yeah i'm i'm natalie i am a actor producer and the film that i have in diff this year is um two for the road and Again, that was my first focus short as well. Brilliant. Congratulations. Um, so I guess the the first thing is that um, we've got five films here. I think three of them were focus shorts. One of them was produced through the Virgin Media programme and the one is an actor as creator scheme. So I might talk a little bit um, about how each of these projects came about and about the 
implications and challenges of producing them under those schemes. Um, so I'm going to start again with Naomi on this. So can you tell me where the idea came from for, for, yeah, um, well, with, I was kind of just had been looking at all these people that were protesting outside, uh, centers that were being used for asylum seekers. And I kind of was thinking to myself, you often see like people looking up at the building or shouting up at the windows and, we didn't really ever, you never really see the people inside. And I just had this image of a kid looking out a window and dealing with all that kind of terrible energy, you know, and how scary that might be. And I just started, it just kind of developed from there, you know, and uh, I just thought about, you know, I started wondering who the kid was and, you know, who was she there with and what might happen if she was to ever like go out into the neighborhood and, meet one of the protesters kind of thing you know and at at what stage did you bring that to virgin media what stage was it at then when you made the application um at the very start i think they were just looking for kind of ideas so i'd only i'd recently gotten the idea and i wrote about two pages and sent it off and with a few visuals and stuff and then um i think there was 30 people invited to go and uh, spend a day t- uh, talking to people and uh, potential mentors and the judges and that. And then it was kind of down to 12 and then uh, they picked, I think, four uh, from that. So it was just we went through a few different stages of pitching and meeting people. And and who was the producer again on your short? It was uh, Lindsay Campbell from Mesmeric oh. Films. Brilliant. And um, I'm going to come back to you as well, maybe when we talk a little bit more about the, the schemes and things. Um, Hannah, so your your uh, baby steps is part, because I accidentally called it baby talk earlier today, so <laughs> that was the boss there. Sorry. So your short was produced as um, under the Actors Creator Scheme. So uh, can you tell us a bit about where that idea came from? Uh, yeah, the whole I suppose the whole proviso of of actors creators, you know, you, you're trying to um, kind of make a bit of a showcase, really. So it's like, as an actor, you know, can you write something for yourself that um, will showcase, you know, either the the kind of things you want to play or or the kind of stories you want to tell, um, and that kind of thing. Um, and we have, you know, a, a small budget, um, five grand. Um, so you're also kind of trying to figure out, you know, you want to be ambitious, but you also want to do something justice within that realm, you know? So it's, it's like, how do I kind of, um, hone this in to a degree? Um, so, so that's kind of where I started, you know, thinking about baby steps and that character. And I kind of knew that I was like, okay, I, um primarily um want to be in it there's one other scene with me and another actor um but the rest of it is just kind of you know um me um to try and you know just focus it like that and it's all shot in one house uh and it's my house it's the house I'm in right now uh gorgeous start <laughs> right um so so all of that I was like okay how can we you know really just try and um to hone this down and the idea kind of uh, with actress creator, you apply with an idea. You don't have a script yet. So you you have your kind of synopsis and your your character. 
and stuff like that. And then it, I remember when it started, like it definitely changed. Um, but you know, I kind of, the, the bones of it were, were there really. And then you go away and you write your script, but it was also kind of based on, um, uh, the character in the story uh, gets pregnant and she kind of is trying to come to terms with the fact that she's pregnant and can't really seem to connect at all. And uh, she's given this tape uh, and this tape recorder and it, it's like an instructional tape and it's kind of outdated and it's telling her, you know, like step one, do this, step two. And she kind of feels out of sync with all of us. And then it kind of turns out that that it was a tape that her, her mom listened to and her mom had recently died. Um, my mom is still alive. Uh, she also had to watch me film all of that and, and pretending that she was dead. She was like, why are you killing me off? Um, but she had a tape that uh, her mom passed down to her. And it was a tape that her mom used to listen to all the time uh, when she was anxious. And I had this piece of music on it. And then when my mom was pregnant with me, she used to listen to that tape all the time. Uh, and then that piece of music, I had no idea about it. And years later, when I was in New York and I was having a terrible time, um, I started listening to that piece of music over and over. And I had no idea that it was the same piece of music that she used to listen to. Um, so that was kind of, you know, the the seed of the idea as well, basically. That's brilliant. And I, I just have to say that you... You never feel it's just one location. You know, you make really good use of that space and, um, and like you never, it's just brilliant how, how you use that script and everything. Cause I know that budget in particular can be challenging to, to work with. And I think you really le- leaned into that budget, which is great, you know, so well done. Um, so uh, Martina, so yours is a period piece as well. So. <laughs> go you <laughs> just yeah um, well I I, t- I don't know how it happens but I tend to I, I always happen to end up with period pieces uh on my desk but um we had put out we had put out a, a shout out looking for scripts a few years back and Aoife's Aoife Bradshaw's script uh set in the famine times and um, was the one that stood out amongst everything else and Garrett and I Garrett who produced it both sort of agreed there was something in it um and that's where that's where it came from, uh, essentially. Um, it was just her writing style and the way she wrote it. Um, and again, a unique story, I think, you know, told told from a unique point of view. But the story of these wreckers, these men who used to go and tr- trash other people's houses during the famine, hasn't really been told before. Um, and that, that kind of sparked an interest in me as well. Um, I know sometimes people's eyes tend to, you know, glaze over a little when there is another famine film or something. But Ours is unique in the sense that there's no dialogue in it. And I think that makes it a little bit special. At least that's what drew us to it anyway. Hmm. Yeah, no, I, I really like that. And you kind of, you know, you realise after a while that there's no dialogue in it. And I was really hoping that there would be no dialogue in it as well, because that's so interesting. Um, and um, yeah, it, it, it's not it, a story I don't think that's been told before. Uh, um it's it, it's really like it makes you think as well like the, the those those people essentially they're doing that in order to survive themselves yeah. and just yeah. that really comes across yeah um, like it, it is a story it's a story about silence and survival like she's 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 suspicious 
it, it follows this girl, you know, from her suspicion to the devastating confirmation uh, of how her father has been providing for them. So it changes her worldview, I suppose. And uh, in the end, it's redemption she's seeking and they both lose out in the end. Um, so, yeah, it is a kind of a, it is kind of a universal theme, you could say. <clears throat> you know, you could draw parallels with what's happening today with our housing crisis and everything. And, you know, ask your question, ask yourself the question, what would you do if you're in a similar situation? And I know when I took the film on or took the story on, that was always at the back of my mind that it must never come across like I'm judging anybody for their actions because they both, you know, both of them had, uh, you know, different psychological reasons or different reasons for, um, for doing what they did. And I hope that came across that, um, you know, that we can't judge really. If you were in that situation yourself, what would what would you do? Yeah. You know. Um, and I just got to move on to Natalie now. And of course, your film is a period piece as well, Two for the Road. Um, yeah. 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 Um, so at what point did you come on board for, for that project? Yeah. Um, so I came on board once um, the Focus Short uh, had been awarded to Lock. So Lachlan McKenna is the writer director on it and Heritage is the production company behind it. And so they asked me to come on board to freelance produce for them for it. Um, so I met Lockie um, right at the beginning kind of and we went, uh, yeah, we went forward and we, it is a period piece. It shoots in the nineties. So I guess that's period now. <laughs> um, uh, we shot down in Cork. Uh, so we were on location down there. Um, we had, I want to say 13 plus locations, um, in and around the Barra Peninsula. And, uh, we also shot on film. So we had a few challenges and we had a child as well. So to working hours, um, but who doesn't love a good challenge? Um, so he, so he wrote that, that story initially. So it was initially called Guinness and Coke and he wrote it for a short story competition for RTE. Um, and that was where, um, it was born. Uh, it is based on his true memories of his childhood and, um, his relationship with his dad, um, which was complicated, um, as most people have. But I think any any kids who kind of grew up in 80s, 90s Ireland, um, whether you're the kid watching it now or whether you're the parent watching it, um, I think uh, can can identify with that dynamic of uh, the pub life um, pub life on a Sunday being dragged along and um, spending like a lot of time there, um, which is where the climax of the film kind of happens. But um yeah so we we shot it uh we shot it in this time last year march early march last year and uh premiered in the galway film flat and how many days did you shoot it we shot three and a half okay god you really packed a lot into those three and a half yeah, days. yeah. A 19, yeah. 19 minute film three and a half days wow. yeah yeah um well done yeah. <laughs> I mean, we had a, we had an amazing crew. It was a lot of it was one of those shoots that definitely had to be prepared, you know, <laughs> every single piece. And we couldn't plan. Like we went down for the recce and it was a beautiful day. The sun. Oh, God, it was just the most beautiful, you know, West Cork and just the sunshine. And then we went back down two weeks later for the shoot and it was snow. 
snow and storms and everything you know like there's only so much preparation you can do but of course we were all saying like hopefully this will add to the film and it's the it's one of the things that people um comment on a lot is the weather and and the scenery and the snow and stuff so that's how it goes we all know that no it's brilliant that definitely it, it kind of really worked there um alba uh just uh can you tell us a little bit about Callis and when you came on board to that at what point uh yeah Callis is the story of a girl who's born with an affliction and and she lives in a town that's um you know uh hit by a curse and just kind of like how it all transpires and I guess if you boil it down like the love a dad might have for his daughter um against his own townspeople um I came on board pretty much the minute it was written um, like really late at night Kieran just texted me and was like hey could you read this for me and me not having a nine-to-nine <laughs> at the time I was like yeah cool I'll read this at midnight um, once I read it I really really enjoyed it and he was like would you like to shoot this for me and put it into the focus shorts application and I was delighted to say yes I've been trying to we were in college together I was in first year and he was in fourth year, I think. And we were always trying to find something to do together. And we both really like a lot of the similar, like really similar stuff, like genre stuff or like, you know, the same video game, Last of Us. Um, and just kind of, it came from there. And then just Kieran kind of kept me along um, of the like along the application form or the application process. And yeah, just anything he needed, I, I would kind of, help him out or I did um a lot of the visuals for the um application form as well and the and the the um pitch deck. So we were kinda on the same page for pretty much very early on with that. And were the three of you all part of the same focus shorts uh scheme? Uh Martina, Natalie and Alba twenty twenty. I think so, yeah. 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 yeah, last last year's really yes, yeah, yeah. And we were late. We were late getting ours out. We missed Galway, and <clears throat> but I think we were the same scheme. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And how did you find working the process of of um, producing a focus short, uh, Natalie? Um, it's a wonderful scheme, you know. I mean, when you say to anybody that you get sixty grand to make. A short film I mean compared to Hannah's situation you know it's kind of the opposite where you're like oh wow I have a decent budget because I think we're so used to always having to make the money work now that said the money somehow always goes and I suppose when you're shooting down in Cork and you're shooting on film that's a lot of it gone already but the scheme is wonderful and and um I think that's why it's so popular uh you know so many people can see the benefit of of the types of projects that come out the other end of it you know um it's also great for, I suppose, people who are starting out to kind of learn the applications part of it, which is, as a producer, something you have to kind of deal with. But um, the paperwork is a big part of it and the legality and all of that stuff. So um, it's not the most interesting thing. But once you kind of go through the motions and you learn it, it's very beneficial. It does take up a lot of time. And um, so you have to be aware of that, that you can't kind of just run off and make the film like, you know, you, it is a it's a it's a loan, I guess, that Screen Ireland, that's what they call it, a loan. And they are um, 
they are the executive producer, right? So, so you have to loop them in, you have to get their sign off, you have to make sure and, and remember that, that, um, that they have a say and that you are making this for Screen Ireland, um, or with Screen Ireland, I suppose. Um, so, so I found, I learned, I mean, I learned a lot. It was my first, uh, my first or my second, I suppose. I had done a Virgin Media Discovers one, um, just prior to that. Um, but it was my first time kind of dealing with, Screen Ireland, um, as a, as a producer, cause I had, I had moved back here, um, and had only worked in the States. So I learned a lot. I, I, I thought, I think the, the, um, the scheme in itself is wonderful. And I, I would encourage anybody to go for it and just know that you need to have somebody on board who, uh, can, can handle all that admin and handle all the paperwork. Cause unfortunately it does kind of take up a lot of time. And, um, you're all, like how did you find finding those locations and then the whole logistics of shooting somewhere like as far as away as West Cork and and then of course getting the negs sent over to the UK to be developed and all that how did you manage all of that yeah well we had kind of planned out we knew we wanted to shoot um to have an island so that kind of limited it because there's not many islands on the east coast or um, you know, that we could get to and that we could get what we wanted. So we knew we were going to be, we, we always knew we were, you know, from the outset that we were probably going to be either up Donegal way or west or south or, you know, so we, um, uh, Lachlan is from Cork himself. So he had some ideas. Um, Gronia at Heritage, um, handled a lot of the locations. She's done locations before. So she, had lots of ideas and we, um, between us, we just kind of went down and, and visited and mapped out. Well, hold on. Could we, sh- could we have this petrol station? Well, no, it's too far away from this, which we need to shoot on the same day. And we've got to get everybody move, you know, so it was a lot of moving pieces, like a puzzle of like what can work and where can we then house everybody so everybody can get to and from. And, you know, it's such a small shoot because again, when you budget it out and you go like, well, I, I, I do only have three and a half days worth. Of, of budget to pay people to be there and to put people up and to feed people. So then you have to figure out the location. So it was a lot of moving parts. Um, and then they're, yeah, shooting on film. There's Kodak in CineLab over in the UK who, um, who handle film and co- we worked with Kodak on, on this one and they were great. They were really helpful. And, you know, we just shipped, it was a lot of couriers <laughs> shipping everything kind of back and forth. Did you ship it at the end of every shoot day or at the end of the shoot? Oh, at the end of the shoot. Uh, at the end. Of, yes. At the end of the shoot. Yeah. Everything together. Yeah. Yeah. I think I did a signature short way back in the day on film down in Cork as well. And we mm-hmm. had the same thing. It's yeah, it's. Yeah. It's, it's, kind, it's, it's kind of nerve wracking. Yeah. Because yeah. everything is there. You know, it's different from having your two hard drives and you might send them off home with different people and at least you're okay. But this is, yeah, traveling through the air and. And hoping um, that everything comes good. And then we had Element Post kind of take it on after that, you know, after our editor had it. So, yeah, you know, just good, great people who just knew what they were doing and and handled it and took care of it all for us. Right. And um, Martina, how did you find shooting a period film, like a a, a film set in Victorian times during the famine on a focus short budget? And it was a great challenge, I have to say. Um, yeah, it, it was, it was, it was tricky. Now, I'll be honest, because I think I, I, I wondered, did they think we could pull it off at all? Because we had a lot of conversations beforehand. And originally we were shooting in, uh, just to talk about locations for a second. 
we had planned to shoot in Kerry and in Oma. Uh, and we, when we shot last March, uh, we had all that rain. Remember, we had rain like for 21 days solid. So the location that we had um, organized in County Kerry basically washed away. So we had to find a new location uh, in two days, three days, actually, which we did um, back up in County Offaly. Um, so that was the first that was the first thing we had to overcome. And that that cost us, you know, that was something we hadn't expected. And that was something we had to, you know, we lost money on that before we even turned over on set. Um, the period side of things, it was very challenging because we couldn't find a cottage. We searched everywhere to find an appropriate cottage. And in my own mind, it was going to, this was going to look like the power of the dog. I mean, I was going to have this cottage in the middle of this beautiful setting and didn't work out that way. And uh, everything had to be shot really close. You probably see that when you, you know, that's just uh, something that happened. But yeah, costly. Costly. So we ended up having to go to Oma because it was the only authentic interior of a cottage we could find. Uh, so there's, um, I, I hate to, I, I almost get sick in my mouth when I use the word folk park, but we, there's a folk park, a really good one uh, in County Tyrone. And uh, there's a cottage in there which fitted the, we had a, we had a story, uh, an historian look at it and we stripped the place bare. And that's basically where we shot all the internals. So that was pricey enough too. Uh, and then we had all the set design, um, which James Donnelly did, and he was he was absolutely wonderful. But again, there's a cost associated with all of these things. So there, these things are adding up, adding up in the background before you, you know, uh, even turn over, as I said before. But we somehow managed it. Um, now we did avail of a little uplift um, from Screen Ireland, which was a regional. We got a few bob extra to shoot regionally. I think it may have been something in the region of seven grand or something. But that was what made the difference for us because we were cutting it very fine. Um, but yeah, we somehow managed to get it in on time and on budget um, mm-hmm. with a little tiny bit to spare. Um, that went on something else afterwards, as as it always does. But um, yeah, it is possible. It's really, it's really down to the planning and yeah. scale. You know, you think about the scale of the thing and pull it back if necessary. But there are ways and means, and you will always, you know, we fi- you always figure it out. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> there's fire effects and everything in yours. So did mm. you? Did you have uh, SFX people down on set with you, or did you, or was it the way that you shot it? We did a, a combination of both. We had uh, an SFX supervisor with us, and he was there for five or six days, and that that was another cost that you don't kind of factor in. But he had to be there to kind of supervise what everybody else was shooting, and was able to tell you know he was able to tell us then whether this was going to work when we put the special effects in afterwards, the VFX. Um, but yeah, a very, very interesting process for me. And I learned a lot, have to say. Um, and then even afterwards, working with the, the gang who did the VFX, it was just, it was unbelievable. It's such a painstaking process. Mm-hmm. And there's always that fear there. And I had the fear all along. I was going, oh my God, is it going to look, is it going to look real? Um, and we sort of, you know, made the decision that less is more in this case. So let's not, if the less fire you see, the less we can, you know, judge it or, or you know, spot the spot the mistakes. But we had a great DOP um, in Aidan Dalton. His team were brilliant. And, um, yeah, no, it all, thank God, it all worked out. But it could have gone horribly wrong. <laughs> you know, like, you know, that's the risk you take with these things. Because the budgets are so tight in a way, 
if anything goes wrong, you're kind of you're in trouble. But such would, yeah, it went right all right on the night for us. <laughs> she says. Mm. Um, I'm going to come back to Naomi now. So you were part of the Virgin Media short films, which is a slightly, which is a, a smaller budget. So um, can you tell us? And, but it also has a huge big development side as part of that scheme as well. So can you tell us about the process of shooting the Virgin Media? Yeah, I mean, it was, I thought it was great. You know, the, uh, Dan and, and Sinead over in Virgin Media were really supportive. And I think they gave us a lot of kind of creative freedom. You know, uh, I know, you, you know, it's kind of similar to what, uh, Natalie was saying. People need to sign off on things and the producer would have dealt with a, good, a bit of that. But, um, yeah, I, I thought it was, um, you know, they were really great. And we also had, uh, mentors who were helping us through the development process. And then we had, uh, different mentors when we actually started shooting. So that was really helpful as well. Like, um, uh, Ailish Kent was helped us in the development part. And then, uh, Ashling Walsh was our mentor on the film. So that was fantastic. They were both great, you know, um, so I thought it was a, a really good experience, you know, because we did have a, a good bit of creative freedom, you know, so that was really great, you know. And how many days did you shoot the film over? It was about three days, um, three kind of half days, eight hours, because there was two kids and, you know, they were taking breaks and there's a certain amount of time. I think they can they can be on set and stuff, you know. Yeah. And actually, that brings me around to the next question. So the, um, th- there's children in um, th- four of the films, isn't it? One, two, yeah, three. Sorry, three of the films. So and they're really great kids, I have to say. So um, what was the name of the lead in Kiki and how did you find her? And the and the other guy, the little the young fella as well. Yeah, yeah. That Saoirse was uh, the lead of it. She played a dama. And uh, then Glenn played Liam and they were both great. And I was kind of preparing myself for them to possibly be forgetting lines and stuff. And they were like brilliant. They didn't like they were totally prepared and they kind of had a little rapport going on between them, you know, and they were having a bit of a laugh. So that was great. I mean, I think, you know, every they have to have a break every hour for a few minutes. So that can kind of... uh, make things a bit challenging if you're in the middle of a scene that's going well and stuff. But overall, um, I think uh, we were kind of looking out for uh, the cast members and I got in touch with Sarah Hone over in Bow Street. Yeah. Um, she said she'd help us cast it and she was the casting director and she was fantastic. And she had worked with Saoirse, I think, uh, at a live show, but only like once or twice kind of thing because Saoirse hasn't really... Um, done any film or or TV or anything like that but she recommended her and she came over and she just uh, you know she's like eight and she was just like came in and did the whole scene and I was like oh do you have it like it's okay if you you know forget any lines and she had it all <laughs> totally figured out and stuff so that was great and and uh, I uh, Sarah I think knew Glenn's brother and Glenn had never acted before either and she met him out in Hoth and just said would you think about trying out for this this short film and so she helped us get everyone and uh, then the other uh, actors playing the dads uh, Graham Coughlin he's done a few things and Derek Uguchuku has done a good few things and he's directed a few films himself and everyone was fantastic to work with we were we were really lucky you know yeah they were great 
Yeah. I have to say she's, she's mesmerizing on screen. She's really gorgeous. Uh, it's natural, I think. Yeah. yeah. And I can't believe she's only eight. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, Natalie, how did you cast your film? Great. Yeah. So, I mean, we essentially, it's a two-hander. I have a, a little cameo in the end of it, which I constantly forget that I'm in it until people go, I didn't know you were in it. I'm like, yeah, that happened too, right at the end, last scene. Um, so we have it, it, the two-hander between um, the son and the father and um, Lachlan very much um, wanted the best actors for the job. It didn't matter to him that they resembled him or his father. Um, you know, it was more about finding the right essence. So we focused on the kid um, kind of uh mainly first and we did an extensive search so we had self-tapes come in we reached out to all of the like agents and and uh agencies and um we then also ha- uh, brought on Eva Jane Gaffney who um has done uh, she she casts a lot of children um for other projects so we, we kind of knew that so we brought her in to help us and she organized um some casting sessions around the country and we actually found you and Ewan Morris, who plays the the boy, he came to uh, one of the sessions in Kerry. He's from Kerry. And it was just one of those moments where he walked in and it was, that's him. You know, he he, he has never acted, he has done theatre before, but this was his first t- um, film, um, anything on camera. And he just was a natural and um, reminded, ended up reminding Lachlan a lot of himself uh, but he's also not only has he got the natural talent, but he's also a lovely child and very smart and um, very interested in the work. So, uh, you know, I I, I think he's going to just go from strength to strength now. Um, so once we had him locked in, then um, Steve Wall came in uh, via a, just a, a direct offer to him. Um, he loved the piece and then we got the two of them in for a rehearsal and it just took off you know so they they just had a really good relationship together that's great and how old is Ewan so Ewan it was important that he um, was older than he looked so that we could get some more hours on set so he was 13 playing 10 that works really well there. <laughs> yeah. And he, and, and, you know, he's just, it's, it's a lucky thing for an actor, but when you look younger, like you, you get, you know, those opportunities, a few more years to, to get those roles. So he, um, and we just had a wonderful AD, um, Kira McIlra, who, who just every single bit was, okay, we have to break him at this point. We can bring him back. We have to give him 20 minutes. We can, while he's resting. We can do this. And his mum was kind of chaperoned, which which happens with kids a lot. So his mum was brilliant and was there 24-7 um, on the shoot. And uh, and it just worked. Yeah, just like Martino was saying, just kind of like prepping every single little bit. And you actually, as well as shooting three and a half days, you had night scenes in there as well. So for a child, that that's even less hours with him, isn't it? Yeah, we had to make sure that he wrapped early that day so that he could stay up late so yeah it was a lot of a lot of moving yeah. parts um but also he you know when you when a kid is just so into like we, we would say you're not in the scene like you have to go home oh no I want to stay and watch and you're like no legally actually you can't you gotta go home <laughs> you know um but he's no he's fantastic I, I I we were he you know both him and Steve Wall bring something to the film but he 
I don't know where we would have been without it, without without that kid, you know. And I think it's easy to say that when you're on this side of it, but um, but he's brilliant. We all just adore him and really like kind of love him and miss him. Like we all fell in love with him on the shoot, you know. Um, and Martina, where did you find the little girl um, in your film? And uh, Cameron, yeah, yeah, she. Well, well, we we put it, we put out, we put out another call, and Don McAllister um, helped us with the casting there. So again, like all of you, lots of responses, um, hundreds of them, in fact. And I remember I spent a whole weekend looking at tapes, but uh, it was she who stood out amongst everybody else, and. There was older older girls there as well who, you know, um, may, may have had had we gone with them certainly would have made life easier because they were that bit older and we wouldn't have had the time restraints on working, on, you know, within the working hours and stuff. But Cameron just uh, had something special. There was something uh, very authentic about her, something uh, about her. Well, there was also that that we also had to consider that she needed to look like Sam Keely as well wasn't it wasn't the overriding reason why I chose her not at all but um it certainly came into it I did want them to look kind of similar and they do have a similar eye color so that that was also <laughs> uh, another factor but she, she was just yeah she was just really special and we did she did a self tape then we did a zoom with her and I got her to sort of we did some fun stuff no issue then we met and we did um a scene uh and uh, it was just, I had decided then, you know, it was, there was, there was no question, but she was the one for it. Yeah. It was the, old... it was 10. Oh. 10 going to 40. But uh, <laughs> yeah, she's, she's all there. She's, uh, um, and has lots, lots of experience. Like has, she's in that stage school and all of that. Um, but uh, I think it stood to her in this instance because the having to not speak, um, because she's a great little talker. So she really had to sort of um, embody the role. And, the you know, we had lots of conversations about how we were going to do this thing without speaking and how is she going to get, you know, uh, 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 this message across or how are we going to do it, you know, without the, the crutch, you know, of dialogue. And she did it extremely well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she was she was oh, just a little firecracker. She's brilliant. Yeah. Um, and Hannah and Martina, it was both of your directorial debut for both of your films there. So Hannah, can you just talk me a bit, talk us through just a bit about how that was for you and how you prepared for it? Yeah, I kind of i i hadn't I didn't go into it. I think thinking that I would direct it um I kind of just started from the place of with actors creator you have to be in it and you have to write it those are kind of the two givens so that's where I was coming at it from and and I suppose after I kind of really started to work on it more and and you know um work on the script and and get that to a place um I just started to feel like I I didn't want to it was like my baby and I didn't want to give it to someone else. You know, I wanted it to be kind of my vision and and how I wanted it to unfold and what I wanted. And I started to think more and more about the visuals and how things were going to line up and how things would play out. And, and I, I think I was just thinking about that stuff so much that I was, I was like, all right, well, you know, if you were to direct um, you know, what would that look like? And so I think once I made the decision 
you know, I, I, I was happy with it. Um, but I did have to do kind of that bit much, uh, more work, you know, because I mean, you know, directing is, is a whole thing. Um, and, and I really didn't want to, I didn't want it to be a, a kind of situation where, you know, it felt like a, a vanity thing that, you know, oh God, she just wants to do it all. I wanted it to make sense that I was directing it, you know? Um, and so I, I kind of just had to learn a lot. I kind of just went away and I, and I, I chatted to a lot of um, friends that are directors and kind of picked their brain a lot on different stuff. And I watched a lot of stuff and I, and I read a bunch of stuff and um, I just kind of started trying to, to piece it together that way. Um, and it, it made a lot of the prep, I think a lot harder, but also um, really rewarding because it was like that learning process was quite steep but it was kind of really enjoyable at the same time. And I got a lot out of it and it felt great kind of um, learning on the fly like that and having to kind of uh, learn it. Um, and I was also kind of very aware that because I'm in it and I'm directing myself that I, I needed to have a lot of prep done beforehand for that to kind of run as smoothly as possible on the day because I wasn't going to be able to to watch a lot of what I was doing because I didn't want to spend the whole day just just doing playback on something I'd done you know what I mean that was that felt like a waste of time um so I just needed to make sure that uh that I really knew what we were doing and my DOP Evan Evan Barry was was brilliant with that too where he just really kind of you know we just talked it all out together and, and it made it easier that it was, you know, it was in my house so he could come over and we could really just like block out everything and know how we were going to flow and walk through it all. So we had a real sense of that. Then when we went into, we shot it over two days um, and, uh, and then the shoot was just really enjoyable. It was a lot of fun and, you know, it was, uh, I, I really trusted that everyone there was, doing what they were doing and it was great and um and that meant that I could just for those moments where I had to act that I could just focus on that um for those bits because that was important to me too I didn't want I didn't want one to sacrifice the other either you know what I mean I didn't want the acting to fall down because I was directing too much or vice versa I wanted it to try and be as balanced as is possible that's great. I guess that that's important for when you're directing full stop, particularly on the directorial debut is the trust that you have in your crew or your key crew, your DOP and your first AD, I would imagine. Yeah. Martina, would you agree? And how did that work for you? Yes. Yeah. You know, I, I, I have to admit, I, I felt a bit of pressure um, because I'd been, like I said, I'd been skirting around a little bit and I co-directed before and then suddenly, um, the pressure is on you to deliver. And I knew what was at stake as well, because we were under pressure time-wise and financially and everything. So I won't, I won't deny that I felt pressure, but I did prepare very well. Um, I had all the shots done out beforehand and I had spoken with Aidan Galt, the DOP beforehand, and we had sort of planned how it was going to look. 
<clears throat> I had intentionally decided to keep the the less kinetic movement in the camera just to try and so that people could see what was happening and maybe feel what the characters were feeling. So that was all intentional. So we had all that worked out. But of course, when you get on set, that's a completely different thing because when we arrived at the cottage in Oma, for instance, the internal of the cottage wasn't quite as big as I had remembered. And so some of those shots that I had planned out and had written out, they just weren't working. So, you know, one had to think on one's feet as well and changes were made. Uh, so day one was was hard. And then by the time the morning of day two came, I was feeling a little bit more relaxed about it. And myself and Aidan had a bit of a flow going together and he understood me and I understood him. So it, did, it all worked out in the end, but it can be very pressurised. And, you know, having produced before then, you see, I had the added uh, insight or I suppose knowledge, you know, of, of the, you know, of the costs of overruns and all the rest of it. So, you know, every time we overrun a scene, I was thinking of the bottom line and Gareth would keep reminding me, you're directing, let me produce, don't worry about it. But yeah, it's a pressure because your first AD is going, right, lads, if, you know, we have, we've only one shot at this now, you have to get it right. And it's like, oh my God, what, what if we don't get it right? Uh, luckily that didn't happen. But yeah, it can be pressurised. It's really a matter of how you deal with it and um, work through it and let that stress become something creative. And if you're very lucky, you'll get a great film, especially if you have that team. Yeah, the team behind you is the, is the most important part, I think. Mm. Yeah. Naomi, you had um, Eleanor Bowman was your DOP as well. So would you agree as well? It's your, th- it's your third short as a director, wasn't it, as well? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, no, and I worked with Eleanor before. She's fantastic, you know, and there was definitely, yeah, you know, we'd had done a little bit of rehearsal before, but we couldn't get in because we were shooting in a school and stuff. We couldn't get in until the day. So there was a lot of kind of decisions to be made on the spot. And, you know, that kind of thing where you're saying like, I think one scene with uh, Derek, we had like 10 minutes to shoot it. So she was brilliant at kind of, you know, just being able to get everything done and kind of, you know, just, kind of go on the spot and uh, you know we were thought it looked great and we're really lucky to have her you know yeah but uh, yeah there was a lot of kind of stuff that we only had 10 minutes to do and everyone was like everyone has to go home and it was like so there was a lot of pressure on I think you know and then a couple of the outdoor locations we kind of had to move on the day so that was a bit intense as well but you know uh, we were just really lucky because people were really kind of like relaxed and we got it done even though there was a lot of pressure you know who was your first ID um it was Emily Roach oh, okay oh yeah she's great yeah no I loved her she, uh, we were just so lucky because everyone was really lovely and just when you have that really nice atmosphere kind of you know you don't get any nobody was getting stressed thankfully even though it was kind of stressful because uh yeah because, you know, a lot of things, as I was saying, we didn't, the locations, the same kind of thing as uh, Martina is saying there, you know, you imagine it differently in your head and then you do get in, you're like, oh, wait, I didn't know that was there. Or there was a window there and loads of things like that, that kind of change things, you know. I think that's the thing with shorts as well. What you could deal with on a longer shoot, you have to deal with straight away and there is inevitably no backup plan. So you have to deal with use what you have in front of you in order to solve the problem isn't that right would you agree yeah yeah um Alba just how do you how so 
you've worked with Karen before, have you? Or was uh, no, this was our first collaboration. We knew each other for years, but really the first time we actually did anything creative together. Um, yeah. And what makes you decide whether to take on a project and how do you start thinking about it? Um, I used to take everything out of anxiety <laughs> of having work. Um, but in the past year, definitely, I've started taking things that have a strong voice and not just on paper that the person telling it has a strong voice, that they have a strong not necessarily visual, but just idea and just like how the vision of their whole short and how they treat their crew has become a very, very big thing for me. And again, in the past year Um, and just how they open those like collaboration channels and stuff. Um, But yeah, again, like idea comes from the very start, as we all know, like, um, yeah, once the idea is, 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 it's a really good idea. It's a really good voice. It's something that I want to, uplift with my skills that's that's pretty much what draws me in and then it's the person and how they want to work and how they want to go about it and obviously how much freedom I get as well like don't get me wrong I'll, I'll shoot anything that looks good and like sounds good and reads good um but it's really fun to get like the freedom from certain directors to make all like a really really cool visual or to really get to be trusted um well enough for you to be able to elevate their film so so I'm, I'm gonna ask you all this question and maybe it's a bit cheesy but I think it's kind of interesting it's what does good collaboration look like to you Alba um, really well good collaboration to me is communication and um, we're all in it for the same thing I want to shoot your film to make it the best thing it can be and you want your film to be the best it can be um, I don't think the people like like a lot of people I worked with aren't unreasonable, and like a lot of specifically like coming from a technical road role, there's the notion that we're gonna ask for the most expensive thing <laughs> always. Um, we're just gonna try get it as best as possible, and once we can work, once you tell us what parameters we have to work within, like the most fun shoots I've had are the ones that I have to be the most resourceful in. So as long as you keep that communication open um, and then just keep an open mind as well. It's what Naomi and Martina were saying, like you have an idea of what it's going to look like. And then you show up with your DOP on the day and things have to change or like blocking has to change. Again, we're there. We're we're advisors to you. We're visual advisors to you. We always want to get this look in the best way possible. So, yeah, communication and an open mind, I think, to me, is the best thing for a collaboration. And Natalie, what would you think? as a producer yeah it's it's interesting for me because collaboration is definitely like you can get good collaboration when you put the right people together for the right project so for me as a producer I will always look at the script that's in front of me and its particular needs and try and fit the right people for that project and so I'll try and fit the right like script supervisor with the right director like all the vibes have to go together not everybody is going to um be right for every project and when you're building a team if i can confidently know that i am bringing on the best um production designer for this project then 
once I say, hey, look, this is how we're going to work. Does this work for you? How do you work? Okay, great. So this is, I can then let them go and do their best work and be there for them and get them what they need and, you know, be the producer. But essentially it is, it is about communication and being open, but I think mostly it's about um, putting the right people together that are going to work well together. And that's why I always kind of with the directors, I got, I'm actually doing another focus short right now that we're shooting in two weeks. And, um, you know, what, what I like to do is to set up interviews for the director to meet, say, you know, three to five editors and to have that experience and to meet with, uh, uh, you know, D- DOPs and to see so that, so that they can, um, they can learn that, Everybody has great ideas and that no one person is going to be able to make no matter what, like even if it is your own story, even if it is something that, you know, inside out, um, a hundred heads are better than one. You know, if you can take a little bit from here and a little bit from here and not everything everyone contributes is going to be valid to the piece, but but there are, are little nuggets and um you know, I was just working with with this director. He had he had an interview with an editor last month, uh, a couple of editors, and he came back after one and said, oh, my God, I thought I was interviewing her, but she was interviewing me. And my God, she really put me through my paces. And she asked me about this one scene and I hadn't thought about that. But I loved his reaction and I actually kind of like praised him for it. And I said, because he went away from that instead of going, oh, who did she think she was? And I knew what I wanted. She, she was like, oh, he said, maybe she has some valid points now didn't end up working with that editor but really respected um that and that's what it's about it's about being able to step outside yourself and your ego and you know and me as a producer going I have a vision I want it to look like this and kind of go hold on a second this person who's the expert in this field is showing me this idea Ooh, what about that you know and just 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 keeping it as open as possible until things have to be locked in um but it, yeah, a lot of the times it's executing one person's vision with the whole team kind of going, ooh, okay, I'm on board with that vision. Here's what I think would make it better. And here's my skills and how that can make it better and just bringing it all together like those puzzle pieces. And Hannah, what 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 is it to you? Yeah, I think, you know, uh, what Natalie said about, you know, getting the vibes right, I think is like a massive part of it. And then... I think for me, it's like once you have those right and you feel for the most part you're on the same page about what you're doing um, and what you want to make um, and being open to how that shifts and changes, then it's kind of just about trust and like, you know, no one wants to micromanage and no one wants to be micromanaged you want to let people do their jobs and trust that they will do them, you know, once you have you know, you have set out your goals, both of you, and obviously that can change. But I think like at that point, then you have to to leave it off, you know, and go, cool. Well, well, let's let's do this together. And, and you know, I trust you to do your job um, and and see what comes out the other side of that, because I think like that's the really cool thing about collaboration is what people can add to something. You know, you, you come in with a vision and I think it's really good to have that and it's good to know what you want to do. But also, you know, what Alba was saying, the openness to just, um, if you trust someone else's opinion, then you're going to take on board what they say and it's only going to add to it, you know? Um, and then you can make something cool together rather than it just be like, this is my thing, 
you know, then it's like, this is our thing, <laughs> which is nice. Thanks. And Naomi, do you have anything to add or, or? Yeah, I think what Alba was saying, I think, you know, you can, when you're writing something and you kind of have it so set in your head sometimes, but I really think other people can have ideas and suggestions that take it to an, you know, a different place that can be great. And I think you need to always be open to that, you know, and then just, I think talking to people beforehand, uh, as Natalie was saying, see, you know, what kind of things people are saying just gives you a great sense of how everyone's going to work together and then just, you know, uh, just having respect for everyone on the set and trying to uh, keep things, you know, fun and not too, like, intense, you know, I would say. Um, I I think that helps, you know. But definitely being just open to people's ideas, I think, is is, is a big one, you know. Okay, thanks. And finally, Martina, do you have anything I, to add? No, I have nothing really to add. To I echo what everybody else has said. Just have frank and open discussions with everybody. Just keep talking. Perfect. <laughs> so I'm going to finish up with... Um, well, one or maybe two questions, but I'm going to ask both at the same time. But before I, I do, I just wanted to say thank you very much for joining us today. And to, uh, it's been a really lovely, interesting uh, conversation. Thank you. Um, so I'm going to ask you what's next for you and what's next for the film. Basically, I'll go around to all of you. So I'll start with Naomi again. So when can we, what's next for the film and can we see it again? And um, yeah, it's it's in the Dublin Film Festival on the 24th. And then uh, all the Virgin Media shorts are being broadcast, I think, from February 27th. There's a different one every night. So it's like 27, 28, 29th and 30th. And then after that, um, who knows, <laughs> hopefully uh, putting it into a few festivals. And I think uh, it's also going to be on the Virgin Media player for a while. Uh, you know, so. And what are you up to next? What are you moving on to? Um, I have a couple of, I have a, a feature that I'm working on, um, with these actresses, Lydia McGuinness and Ali Nikiron. And they kind of came to me with this idea about, um, the mother and baby homes. And it was a, actually a really kind of uplifting idea, even though it sounds like a heavy subject. So I'm, I'm doing that at the moment. And then also doing a, a TV show, um, about a kid who is a great singer and it's kind of like, similar to maybe all those kind of kids star stories where they have a overbearing parent and they're trying to find their own voice and deal with all the things that comes with fame and that kind of thing so yeah so I hope that that'll be a I, I'm working on the second episode at the moment so yeah <laughs> and Hannah what's next for your film and, and um uh, what are you up to next then um uh Baby Steps will be going to um, the Chicago Irish Film Festival and uh, and the Solis Nua uh, Festival in Washington. I think they're actually both on the same weekend, um, which is that first weekend in March. Um, so it'll be in both of those. And then we'll see. Um, it's kind of on the the tail end of its, its run now. It started in Galway. Um, so hopefully a few more kind of in the next in the next few months in the next year um we'll see um and i uh i just wrapped actually on a on another focus short um uh director jedda debris and it was great um oh, 
So that'll hopefully be bopping out in the world um, in the next couple of months. Um, and then just trying to do a bunch of writing. Um, yeah. Uh, and Martina? Um, well, Rekha will screen at Diff. Um, then it's going to Cinequest, I think. And uh, it's just it's just starting out in this journey. So I'll be hopeful, you know, that it'll get a few more decent festivals. We're shortlisted for the Tokyo International Film Festival. So I'd, I'd love to get that one. That would be nice. Oh. Um, and then uh, two two feature films in development with Screen Ireland, and uh, one of them is a gothic, I know, another period, a gothic thriller <laughs> set in the 1800s. And the other is a very interesting one about Ellen Hutchins, uh, who is an Irish botanist from Cork, never got the recognition she deserved um, and eventually did. So there was a book written by a girl called Marianne Lee. Uh, a Quiet Tide, it's called. So we've, we're in the process of adapting that. Marianne is, has one draft, draft one of the script written. So I'd really be hoping to get the wheels in motion for that because it's something I'd love to get stuck into. So Brilliant. time will tell. Yeah, so that's that's what's going on with me. Brilliant. And Alba? Um, I'm not entirely sure of what Callis's run is. I know it's gone into a few kind of genre festivals around the world. I think the next one might be Germany. Um, and in terms of what I'm doing next, I'm kind of sort of focusing more on either kind of higher end shorts, so like folk shorts or proof of concept shorts to go into features. I just finished shadowing on the Hard Acres with JJ Rolf. Um, mm. And I have to finish up a master's in screenwriting because I got that notion too. So hopefully that ends. <laughs> <laughs> and um there's actually three questions in the chat that I might ask you really quickly before we wrap up, but I'm going to come back to get Natalie, Natalie to finish just what's going on with Two for the Road first and, and what you're up to next. Yeah, sure. So Two for the Road is going to be obviously in Diff and um, then next month it is in Garden State Film Festival in New Jersey. So um, myself and Lockie are going over to that and uh, it will, you know, we, we'll have a few more um, festivals, no doubt, um, coming down this year. Um, so it's done, it's done really well, you know, it's just, it's, it's one of those films that, yeah, it's, it, you know, it's not playing in every festival, but the festivals that it plays in, it does well. So we're, we're really delighted with the little run that it's having. Um, and what's next for me? Yeah, I have this focus short that I'm producing that we shoot in two weeks, which is with Samson Films. Um, Lauren Larkin, uh, wrote it and is acting in it. And then I have um, a Storyland submission that I'm working on, um, which I hear is going to be announced anytime soon. So it's my first time kind of going um, with that. So I have a project with um, Carol Loftus and um, uh, Michael David McKernan. Um, and then what else? Uh, um, I am going to, I, I've, I've just kind of um, agreed to come on board to direct um, a short, which um, I've always been interested in doing, but kind of, yeah, that fear of like stepping similar to what Martina was saying that when you're stepping out of your zone, but it's also something which you feel comfortable and you're excited to get into. So um, I'm going to be uh, talking to Alba about that one. Um, uh, so <laughs> that's coming up just in development. And then as an actor, I've got a couple of, I'm, I'm not working on anything right now. I had a couple of things that I shot last year that 
are coming out. So I did a couple of episodes on Curb Your Enthusiasm, which is co- coming out or is out at the moment. And then um, I did a lovely short with Peter Coonan um, and Barry John Kinsella um, that we shot last year, uh, the end of last year, um, which will be coming out as well. So, yeah, just lots of balls. I think like everybody just um, keeping lots of things going. So the questions are, and I might ask uh, Martina and uh, Naomi this, if you don't mind, how do you deal with notes from funders and how do you implement them? Uh, oh, Naomi. well, or, oh, no. they're, if they're funding the thing, uh, of course you have to consider it and take it very, very seriously um, because one has to hope that they're coming from you know, a, a good place and want to make the film better. Uh, as a rule, I will always listen um, to any note I get uh, from anyone, whether it be the person who's paying the bills or someone who's just working uh, on the team with us. Um, I think it's very important. If it's something I feel incredibly strongly about, of course, uh, I'll, I'll fight for it. But usually there's a way, you know, I find if you, you'll meet somebody halfway and we'll all be happy with that. Uh, but no, I... I, I you know what? Uh, no harm sometimes. She's I'll be, I'll be murdered for saying this, but sometimes th- th- it can keep you in check a little bit and just remind you, you know, what you're doing. Um, so no, it wouldn't it certainly wouldn't put me off. No, not not an issue for me anyway. No, bring them on, <laughs> <laughs> Naomi. How- yeah, I mean, I guess it'd be similar. I'd try to um, incorporate a lot of them or just give them a lot of thought. Um, Sometimes even if I might not agree with the note, a person is often picking up on a weak point in the script. So I will try to fix something there. And and often that I think works like, you know, Um, but I think, you know, it's great for the most part because it does, you know, give you different ideas or different ways to approach something that isn't working and strengthens it, if you know what I mean. And do you find feature development different to shorts? It's Me? A, yeah. But, um, I, yeah, it's just a bit longer, you know. Um, I think a short is really a kind of snapshot moment of a, a little part of the person's life. Often it's kind of, you know, the part you'd get to in a feature towards the, like a climax kind of thing. But um, I guess with a feature, you're just... It's just a little bit longer in development. And um, yeah, I, I think that that's mainly it, it for me, you know. Yeah. And M- Martina, what would you? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can be living with a feature for three years mm. before you get to the point where you're you're filming and you can be always like, I'm sick of it. You know, like I'm sick going over the script. I'm, you know, but uh, that's what's required, I think. Um, you have to give it that time. And there's so much prep involved and everything. Um, I mean, we 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 have we have something in in yeah we've been working on something for six years now, and mm-hmm. we're now we're just getting to the point where it's it's going to be made. But so yeah yeah it's um it, it can be frustrating for sure, uh, but it's I think it in an, in another way it's more enjoyable because yes the thing gets it can breathe whereas with the short as as you said there it's it's all condensed very fast it's a snapshot. Um, but with the feature, you can you, you, uh, you have a better chance to kind of showcase your skills, I think, in a feature, you know. And then um, Gemma's asking, do different audiences in different countries respond differently to your films? Um, so 
uh, Hannah, have you, can you speak to that? I had a, I had a funny one where um, it, it played in Sweden, in Uppsala, uh, in the, the short film festival there. And uh, I had a, there was like a Q&A after the screening with it. And a woman asked um, if the movie was in response to Ireland's abortion debate. And I was like, oh, interesting. Okay, so I couldn't tell whether she was, I was like, no. Um, and I couldn't tell whether she was reading it as like pro or or against or, and you know, I was I was like, well, I'm, I'm pro, you know? So like, I, I guess I suppose there was an element where, you know, if the person in this story is so unhappy about being pregnant, why doesn't she get an abortion or why didn't she? And, you know, is there a question around, oh, no, I think, you know, you should have the baby and blah, blah, blah. So it was interesting, someone kind of coming at it potentially from that, you know, angle. And I was like, oh, okay, interesting. You know what I mean? So that was, yeah, that was a kind of funny one. Yeah, that is odd. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Naomi, have has you, well, Oh, uh, yours hasn't screened yet, or, or, uh, uh, No, it hasn't. Had, we just finished it. I think a couple, uh, <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. I think we just finished it, so it was all a bit crazy. <laughs> so you'll find out. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> uh, Martina, has yours had a m- much of a festival run yet? Or, uh, the short. Yeah. No, no. It literally no. It hasn't. It, it premiered in Cork there in November, and yeah. um we're just getting going now um so diff is the next one and then cinequest and who knows who knows after that tokyo yeah, it's early days yeah i hope yeah i just love to get that the americans i'd say i'd say you'll hit some good american film festivals yeah i hope so yeah, yeah. they'll appreciate i think that story there's a lot yeah 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 nasi has two for the road gone over at different yeah, it's gone over well. I mean, I think it's a bit of a universal story. So I, I kind of think that anybody can can tap into it and go, oh, I know what this is, you know. So that helps when it's something that transcends and is very, like, you know, um, relatable. Uh, so it has, um, it's done well. I'm trying to think what countries that we've played in. I mean, mostly it's been the states uh, outside of Ireland, but... Um, but yeah, you know, you'll know if it's if it's an Irish, you know, sometimes things can be an Irish story, but it can it can play universally. Um, and I think that it's it's something that as long as you're authentic, it, people will respond. So people can still respond really positively if it's if it's something like if it is the the magdalene laundries or whatever and people are seeing this for the first time and they've never they haven't even heard about it like it can play really well because you're educating people you're teaching about something that they haven't known or whatever just as well as people will bring everything else with them if they're irish and they're watching it you know so i think as long as you get the authenticity of the of the story right and you're true um you're true to the voice uh, um alba was talking about the voice and i think it is it's that strong point of view um I feel that anybody around the world uh you know and subtitles now are kind of they're on everything you know um it's it's something that we're always asked for to send our subtitles with the film and um and so the language doesn't necessarily get in the way can I ask would you mind if I asked a question about one for the road for, is it one for the road, two for um, the road yeah. it's two for the road sorry sorry I knew, I knew it when I said it I had it wrong um because I've seen it a few times 
Yeah. And I just wondered, are people finding it triggering in any way? Because it's quite powerful. Um, and I wondered, and I know Lachlan is based on his his part, you know, I don't know how, just how how just how much of his own story is in there. I know some of it is, but um, I know having watched it a few times now and coming out and talking to people about it, that people are quite, you know, just, oh, you know, maybe it reminds me of, Somebody in you know my family, or I've seen this thing happen before. I'm just wondering sure. that is a response that when we first screened it at Galway, and we couldn't believe the response. We, you know, you know yourselves like you're in, you're so in something, um, and you don't know how it's going to play. And so then to mm. play in front of that audience for the first time, to come out and to see people in tears, yeah. um, you know, you want to say sorry, but then also you're kind of happy because you've clearly, um, you know, had an impact or they've been yeah. they've experienced something which you want. But it is, it, it was very interesting for us because we put it up on Vimeo. Uh, not Vimeo, um, Amaletto, um, prior to the Oscars um, thing when we were on the long list. And it was so interesting to see there because it's YouTube, right? And, you know, YouTube, anything goes and people are so open and they're sharing everything. And the comments that we had um, on there where like some people like confessing, some people, you know, like talking about addictions that they had and and just... um, you know, and there's an element of therapy with that. It's kind of mm-hmm. cathartic um, uh, for people. So we didn't necessarily understand that we knew how we felt about it, but we didn't know that it was going to to move people that much. Um, and it is something that uh, that a lot of people come, come away from feeling uh, maybe it's something they buried and they haven't dealt with in years. Um, but it is based, it is very, very true. And I think that that helped because Lockie kind of knew what he wanted and knew the the beats that 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 were necessary. Um, and then it was up to us to kind of, you know, and the production designer, Kiro Donovan, did such a good, good job of sourcing like real mm-hmm. props. And, you know, Lockie was like, oh, my dad used to smoke this this type of cigarette or, you know, he you know, and so it was really particular, which which helped build that world and make it convincing. Great. Okay, just one last question. I'm going to get you to answer it really quickly and then we will finish. <laughs> uh, uh, so it's advice for recent film gra- graduates who are looking to apply for funding schemes. Where can they best network? So I, uh, Natalie? Yeah, National Talent Academies is fantastic. Um, Eve Collins uh, has created this beast of uh, this machine over there where she has like so many um, training opportunities and uh, mentorships and um, just possibilities, really opportunities for people to to try things out. So um, they also do a lot of job placements and they work with production companies, bigger production companies, they can get you in on things. So I think that National Talent Academies, um, if you look at their website and you can get lost in there with the amount of opportunities that are there as well. so uh with and 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 they'll walk you through funding as well there's courses for everything um but the most important thing i think is um you know keeping working away on 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 yourself and building your skills and then trying to find like-minded people um who maybe are at the same stage as you uh who share a similar vision um that that really helps as well. And, you know, sometimes you can find those people in your class and sometimes you'll find them on another set that you might be doing a gig on and you're like, oh, 
I really like, you know, we were chatting uh, over the crafty table and, you know, I think you'd be a really good person to keep in touch with. So it's all about kind of building people and going, I'll have you, I'll have you and just keeping in touch. And um, that's and in Ireland, like the network is so small. So that's what I'd suggest. Alba, do you have anything to add to that or any other suggestions? Um, Yeah, actually, I directed a debut short about two, three years ago. I again, I graduated as a DOP. That's mainly my thing. And I went to the Kildare Shortgrass Film Funding. So while Screen Ireland might be too big of a scheme for you to be awarded or one where you need a lot of credits, um, the kind of regional ones or the kind of the county ones, they're perfect. And in terms of networking, I, I suffer so badly with social anxiety and I can only be social when I'm talking about work, which means a film festival is actually the best place for me to meet people like I've never met Martina, but I actually dropped your sound um, um, guy, like Danilo, too, yeah. so I picked him up. Like, I live with him. But um, I know that if I watch your film, I'm probably going to go saying hello to you with that context. You know what yeah. I mean? That's me creating mm-hmm. a, a new relationship with, with Martina for down the line or whatever. So I, I would recommend the smaller kind of county level um, bursaries and then, yeah, film festivals is the way to go, you know. And um, Hannah? Um, yeah, it's, it's a tricky one. I guess it's not something that I... I found that, you know, you build the relationships just kind of over time, which is an annoying answer because, like, you know, you want to be like, where can I just go to, you know, find the thing and the people? And, and I found it just took a couple of years of, you know, doing one thing. And then, yeah, like, you know, like Natalie says, you know, getting to know one person in that context and then seeing them on something else or, you know, building it kind of like that. But I do think, you know, like Alba said, I think like film festivals and stuff like that, you know, you have certain ones. I was up at Belfast uh, before Christmas and, you know, they had specific like networking mornings for filmmakers to go to and, and, and really encourage just like people like chatting. And a lot of those people were people who were just graduating or starting out, so I think a lot of festivals do have those kind of things in place to potentially go, hey, look, come along. There's a breakfast thing. Just chat to someone if you if you see them or or like you say, if you've if you've seen their work or you like what they do, at least that's an in anyway. You can go, oh, I saw that thing you did. And that's cool, you know, and that's how you can kind of start it anyway. Right. Thank you. And Martina, do you have anything to add? Not really. The National Tal- Talent Academies and if you're not great with mixing with people, you know, I can kind of, I, I, I hear what you're saying, Alba, it's, it's not for everybody. Some of us are quieter and don't do that. Don't do the scene. Um, so I would say if you can even just find one person that you can chat with and collaborate, collaborate with on a few things, uh, ideas will come from that and it hopefully will happen organically. Um, but yeah, if you're, if you're good for, you know, going for coffees and just, you know, rocking up to people, then get yourself to the festivals and you will you will meet people and don't be don't be afraid to send messages like we all like Hmm. you know if you've seen a film and you want to ask a question or you just want to say well done um you know I have people message me I I, you know and 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 I'll end up hiring them as PAs on sets or whatever because I I'm like oh this is genuine and they're really interested and you know so don't I I think um don't be afraid like it's not you know I, I I always think send the email send the message um ask the questions uh you know we all had to start somewhere when I, I I didn't like just suddenly know how to produce I I 
had to teach myself. I had to learn. Um, and everybody know the mo- most people will remember that and know that and see that in someone else. So, um, and want to help. So I always think, yeah, use Instagram, use Twitter, engage if you can. Yeah. And finally, Naomi, do you have anything to add? Um, not really. I think, yeah, what people were saying about festivals for sure. I mean, I, I think I was at the Galway Film Fla a year ago and there was so many events uh, for people to meet up and network and there was loads going on, you know. And I also think... Um, what Alba was saying about like I know that there's loads of different uh schemes with the councils and I think Dunleary first frames as well is a good one is a really good one hmm. great uh, well thank you again thanks for taking the time I hope uh you all enjoyed it if you would like to support women in film and television Ireland or follow the work we do log on to wft.ie